0: Okay. Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you all with us, um, and especially if you're visiting this morning. Um, thank you for those words. It's so beautiful to have a prayer team that is praying for this church and praying for people and praying for our neighborhood all the time. So um, we are thrilled to have you guys come up and share what God's saying to you. Thank you for doing that. Um, my name is Matt. I'm going to do a couple of announcements, and then we're going to carry on with our Enjoying God series this morning. Um, And what's happened is a little bead of sweat has fallen off my head onto my iPad, and it's like zooming in and out, and uh, I just, you know, I feel prompted to clean it off, so there I go. All right, a few little announcements that you need to know. This time of year, um, there's lots of stuff that's kind of happening and kicking off, and all of them are to try and get people connected into community um, and connecting with one another. So if any of these uh, catch your fancy, please do go along. So um, the first and the third Thursday of every month, our prayer team prays in the morning here before work. So 7 until 8 o'clock, and all are welcome to come join. It's a beautiful meeting. But we had such a good response to our chapel day last year that we also decided that For the rest of the first Thursday of the month, we're going to have a chapel day here every month. And so we invite you, and there should be, I think there's a slide um, that I sent through to Ndala. If not, no sweat. But every Thursday, every first Thursday of the month, starting in February, this building is going to be available with scriptures and worship happening from 7 a.m. until 5 p.m. If you want to come in a five-minute gap on your way to a meeting, if you want to come spend a couple hours here um, in worship, if you want to spend the whole day, you are welcome. This place is going to be uh, just another vehicle to get people reading the Word, sitting in worship, praying for each other, and hearing what God has to say. In the beginning and the end of that chapel day, 7 till 8 and 4 till 5, if you would like to pray with someone or have someone pray with you, um, our ministry and prayer team will be available for that. But in between that, um, you can come and sit on your own and, and just enjoy it. So that's this Thursday. Those two things are happening. And then on Friday, um, we have started from December a walking and running club on the first Friday of the month. At 6 a.m., we're going to meet at Crane Flower Coffee. Uh, the guys making our coffee here, they are in Robindale Center a minute away down the road. We meet there at six. The runners run for 45 minutes. The walkers walk for 45 minutes. we grab a coffee afterwards. I'm more than likely going to have uh, the little man in a pram. So if there's any dads and lads or dads and prams or moms and prams that want to come along, please come join us as well. You're not excluded from that. And then two courses that are running through this term to just equip you. The one is a leadership course on how do you actually increase your capacity? How do you stretch the tense of your peg wider to be able to... Understand God more and love people more and do well in your work, in your home. And um, it's interesting if you check the research of engagement and capacity, it used to be that from your late teens to your early 20s, people thought their capacity would just keep getting higher and higher. And then around 40, you think you hit a wall and you feel like your capacity takes a tank. What's interesting is people in their late teens and early 20s are tanking even earlier due to being constantly plugged in. And so everybody is sitting with this problem of how do I actually lean into what God has for me. And the number one reason that people feel like they lack capacity or lack capability or lack motivational energy is because we put a lid on what we believe we are able to do. And so come along and see how the Bible speaks into our ability to lead and increase our capacity at home and at work and in our civic life. Uh, three Wednesdays starting in late Feb and you can sign up outside in the foyer afterwards. You can also sign up for a Bible school that is running for the whole um, year. Uh, most, Mondays in, uh, most Mondays for the year starting in March. There is a cost because we're buying Dr. David's fantastic material and paying a theologian to talk us through Scripture, but if Bible school is something you've been longing to do, you can either get more info or sign up outside in the foyer. So that's all our things that are starting this term. Um, just to give you a bit of feedback that uh, maybe you're new to church, if you had come here in October, the front door didn't exist and the paving didn't exist and the tent and the deck didn't exist. We felt inspired last year to go on a little bit of a building project and put out there what we wanted to do. And I just wanted to give you a feedback and say well done and thank you that so far from the 1st of November, 25 people and families have given 330,000 Rand to pay for what we've done out there. Isn't that beautiful? People giving 50 bucks, people giving 50000 and everything in between. Just people searching, God, what are you asking me to do? And so well done and thank you to a generous God and a generous people. Um, what that has done is that's paid for everything you see outside there so far. Um, the new kids area, the entrance, the paving, the covering. The only, so here's what we still want to do. We are renting that tent, which we'd love to buy. And we'd like to put some more furniture out there and a a little play area for kids along the grass here for the little leaves so that if moms and dads are sticking behind, the little kids can play nice and safe and close. So if you still feel encouraged to give, that is what it will go towards. But thank you and well done to each of you for sowing into it. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Okay. Today we're carrying on our Enjoying God series. I'm going to pray and then we're going to read Ephesians chapter 1 together up on the screen. God, we thank you that you are enjoyable that we can know you and enjoy you, and that our lives can be one that is full of purpose and peace and enjoyment if we live the plan that you have for us, no matter what seasons come our way, no matter what life throws our way. And so, God, we ask this morning that you would help make that possible in our minds and in our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read um, most of Ephesians chapter 1. From the message version. It's not a version that I put up on Sundays too often. I read it all the time. It's an excellent paraphrase, but I just felt like it did such a good job for this Ephesians 1 chapter this morning. So I'm gonna read it from the message. And it goes like this: How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is to us. He's the Father of our Master Jesus, and he takes us to the high places of blessing in Jesus. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in his mind and had settled on us as the focus for his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus, and what pleasure he took in planning this. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus the Messiah, we are now a free people, free of penalties and punishments that were chalked up by our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, we are abundantly free. He thought of everything. He provided for everything we could possibly need and he's let us in on the plans that he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-ranging plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven and everything on planet earth. And it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first even heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, and He had designs on us for glorious living, a part of the overall purpose that He's working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you and I, once you heard and believed the message of salvation, found ourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's still to come, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a glorious life. And that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in that master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all his followers, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks to him. But I do more than just thank him. I also ask that the God of our master Jesus, the God of glory, would make you more intelligent and more discerning in knowing him personally, with your eyes focused and clear, so that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that He's got for all His followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him, endless energy and boundless strength. Isn't that a beautiful passage of Scripture. God gets great joy, it brings Him great delight. He enjoys getting to love us, rescue us pull us back and adopt us, give us everything we need, take care of us, and let us in on the plan that he enjoyed making so we get to enjoy being a part of the plan and get to tap into this endless energy and boundless strength through Jesus. We're going to come back to that passage and wrap up with it at the end. But I wanted to start with the question, because maybe you're new to church and even new to the claims of Jesus, but what do we mean when we say people are designed for joy? When you make the claim that people can actually enjoy God, like what are we talking about here? Like, is it the same enjoyment as taking a one-handed catch at the cricket this afternoon and sharing your spoil in two million? Is it the same kind of joy as getting to have a croissant and a glass of wine afterwards when we take communion out there under the tent? Yes, that's a real thing if you want to stick around afterwards. What do we mean by this enjoyment of God? If it's such an important thing that you're launching the year with it for six or seven weeks, what does it mean to enjoy God? Well, let's start with Your capacity for joy. Your and my human capacity to actually experience joy. And there's three physiological ingredients that help you to experience joy. And we're going to start there and work out and get into a spiritual joy that can go throughout the whole world. So you've probably heard these three ingredients before. Serotonin, or tonic. Dopamine, or dope. And oxytocin, or oxy. Now, if you head down to our Florida Road Church and stand outside and say, I got tonic, dope, and oxy, who wants it? Man, you're going to get people flooding in for a very different reason. But here's the thing. The world's searching for it, right? Searching for the experience of joy. Searching for the feeling of joy bubbling over. Wanting to enjoy themselves and find reward and satisfaction and good things. So let's break those things down quickly because they teach us something wonderful about the designer. So serotonin is manufactured in two places in your body. Any guesses? One's obvious, in your brain. The second place it's manufactured is, in your gut, right? Eat, drink, and be merry, and renew your mind. Enjoy the words of God. Enjoy your thought process, but enjoy yourself from your gut as well. So we are made up not just of our minds and spirits, but also of the physical body. And here's what's amazing. That serotonin moves throughout the nervous system into your whole being to make you feel joy and enjoyment, and it brings health to your mind and health to your soul. And the best way to sustain it, and I'm going to be glancing at the chemist every now and then just to make sure that I'm not making this stuff up, the researchers and the doctors say the best way to sustain serotonin is if you can feel loved and safe and valued, you will sustain serotonin in your body, and in your being. So that's part one, ingredient one. Ingredient number two, dopamine, is known as the reward chemical. It's the experience of when you do something that brings you a great reward and a great deal of satisfaction, something that you love to do, or that's important, or that's an achievement. And it helps your body and soul to actually heal. Isn't that beautiful? It actually helps you to feel better. And the best way, interestingly, to cultivate that is to work hard towards a reward, and then to rest very well, and then to work hard towards the reward, and then to rest very well, and then to work, and then to rest. Rest and reward cycle is the way to sustain dopamine. And finally, oxytocin, or oxy, it's the bonding, connecting chemical that that helps you to feel connected and actually establishes some of the building blocks to some very important things in your life. Here's the amazing thing about oxytocin. The only way you can get it It's from when you breastfeed, it's from when you hold hands, from when you kiss your spouse. The only way you can get it is by feeling connected to community, connected to someone else or something else, experiencing presence, experiencing affection from a God or from a community. And so if dopamine is a bit more of a quick hit, oxytocin is a little bit more of a sustaining long-term thing. But look at those three ingredients together, and take the labels away for a second. If you can feel loved and valued and safe... If you can learn to work hard for rewards and then find rest, and then work hard for rewards and find rest, and if you can be plugged into a loving community that nurtures and takes care of you and be present in that community, enjoyment is very possible. And I would go as far as to say you and I are hardwired for enjoyment. Now, you can look in the wrong kind of tonics and the wrong kind of dope and the wrong kind of oxy, but you're designed for the right kind of those things. But they come, ironically, from something and somewhere outside But let's bank the point that we are physically hardwired, and every doctor and scientist will tell you we're hardwired to enjoy things, right? And we fight for it, and we're looking for ways to be able to endure it. Now, every single one of those internal joy meters is connected to something external. I need something other than myself, something bigger than myself, and preferably something that creates safety and trust and value, something that makes me experience and feel love and affection, and something that motivates me towards working for an eternal reward and eternal rest, an eternal reward and eternal rest. You can probably see where this is going. But physically and physiologically, we are designed to enjoy life. Well done to whoever designed that system. It's a fantastic coincidence. But as Mr. Hazel put so beautifully last week, we're after something more than just physical, right? We're after this spiritual, emotional, wholesale enjoyment that we believe as a church starts in God and booms out from there. So rather than me finding it here and spilling over, maybe it's something that actually God designed and that would come externally as well as being internal. And he said brilliantly last week that the chief aim of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So what we see is this combination of not just enjoying life forever, but glorifying something else, that external thing, and enjoying Him forever is a lovely place to start. We must flip the switches internally, but we must also look outside of ourselves to the very source of joy and plug into the mains to be able to know how it is to live a life of enjoying God. So my big question for today to build on that is this, how do we enjoy God more And how do we enjoy more of God? Does it make sense? How do I enjoy God more, deeper, what I already know about Him? But how do I enjoy more of God, the undiscovered, unrevelation things that I don't know about yet? Because both of them are fantastic ingredients to this invitation that we get. And I want to show you today how the playing field, the, the opportunity for enjoyment, when we actually understand who God is and what He's done is so vast and varied and dynamic and deep. And I want us to enjoy what he has for us and not just what we already have. Does it make sense? A little analogy that may help, and all analogies fall short. But here's our little boy, Malo jumping on the trampolines at Jumping for Joy. Have we got a little photo there that we can throw up? No. Yes, there he is. Look at him, jumping so fast that he's blurry. So now what you need to know about Malo? he loves a jump. He's got a trampoline at home. And he'll jump for hours on his own at the trampoline. But one day when he was about two and a half years old, we thought, let's take him to jump for joy and just see how he enjoys it. And he got his socks on and he went and he found that corner trampoline and he was doing that, jumping, jumping, jumping. But then something amazing happened is this other group of bigger kids came and he realized that you don't just jump on your feet, but he was watching these boys jump and land on their bum and then bounce back to their feet and jump on their knees, and land flat on their back, and double bounce each other. And he's watching, and this joy and delight comes on his face, because he's learning that what he thought was already enjoyable, is enjoyable in so many different ways, by watching other people. And then he watched these boys, as he realized, it's not just these, like, flat trampolines on the floor, just this one. I can, like, bounce off the walls, and I can run around and dive into a foam pit, and if I'm really clever, I can manipulate mom to buy me an ice cream at Jump for Joy as well. Now, there's things I didn't even know about that I could go and enjoy. Enjoying more what you already have and enjoying more of what's out there by discovering what's available. How do we enjoy God more and enjoy more of God? And so what I'm gonna do, just to help us get a little visual for this, is I'm gonna break out my incredible art skills. I got 2% in Mrs. Dawson's class for art before I voluntarily dropped it. So what I'm doing here is drawing... A sideways, eight. No, what's that? Infinity sign. Okay, let's have a little look at this. So what are we talking about here? As if this represents the vast, incredible, infinite beauty of who God is. There was a time where you knew almost none of it, right? Like you were such an infant, but you got to learn about the love of Christ and the grace of Jesus. You got to encounter the closeness of the Holy Spirit. And maybe God even spoke to you about your life And you started to push back some of these wonderful things and got revelation about who God is, how he adopts you, how he loves you, how he chooses you. And that's all such beautiful stuff. But can I suggest that like with all things, we maybe peel back to a certain place and then go, well, this is wonderful, right? Like this is very enjoyable. This is all very good stuff. But I think as you journey further with God and lean more into it, there's a whole lot of layers left to be peeled back that we get to actually jump into. And we might think that we found ourselves going, well, I've I've discovered everything there is. Like I get grace and I get forgiveness and I get the love of God. But then you hear these incredible men and women of faith who on their deathbed, 70, 80 years into this journey, go, you know, I discovered something new about the mercy of God this year or today. Or I discovered a new depth of the love and grace of God. Can I suggest that we don't actually ever arrive at a full revelation of the enjoyment of God? We get to journey forever into his unending wonderfulness and fantasticness and so the two questions this morning is how do I enjoy God more in the things that I already know about him but how do I also enjoy more of God in the things that I get to discover and double click on and open up because there is so much to it but what you may have noticed is when I say the playing field of God's love and enjoyment and peace and his spirit and his goodness and his kingdom is unending, you'll notice that there's two sides to this infinity. And there's actually parts on both sides that we know a little bit about but not that much of. And these, because um, remember, we can, we can learn a whole lot about God that inspires our minds, that actually helps us to build enjoyment. And so I'm going to teach you what might be two new words today, a big theological thing to then drill down into why it's important. Has anyone heard of what we call the communicable and incommunicable incommunicable aspects of God? No. It's a six-syllable word, right? Like we're not here doing English, but it's a very simple concept. It actually means that there's certain parts of God that He shares with us. Does that make sense to you? There's parts of God and who he is that he invites us to enjoy and participate and become. So you know like this thing of becoming like Jesus, getting the same Holy Spirit in you that Jesus had, having the same kind of authority that Jesus had, learning to love people and forgive. We actually get to not just participate in Christianity from a distance, but enjoy walking with God connected to things that are, he shared with us. There's a whole lot of things that God has shared with us, and they are called communicable aspects of God. We get to actually enjoy them. Now, you may have grown up in a church or a part of Christianity that that almost sounds like blasphemy. Like surely it's too much ego to say you're going to be like God. You can become like God. Isn't that the source of half the world's problems, people acting like they are God? But man, as you journey and read through Scripture, it's impossible to miss this idea that Jesus didn't just take away our junk, our sin and our brokenness, our suffering and our weakness, but He gives us Himself. He gives us His life. He exchanges everything He had in the Father to us. So we get to be, as the Scripture said, we get to be sons and daughters of God. Well, Jesus was the Son of God, right? So I'm like Him in that aspect. I get to actually be a sibling of God who enjoys the surname and the bloodline and the presence of our Father around the table and the inheritance that He has for us, which is incredible. I get to be like God in some ways. But there are also what we call incommunicable aspects of God, right? There are parts of God that are so different and so big and so godly that we look at them from a, difference, a distance and what they do is they inspire in us awe and reverence and even healthy fear and worship and all these sorts of things. So for example, this scripture says to us, we've been invited by Jesus to be made holy. Do you believe that you can actually be holy like Jesus was holy? I hope so, because the Bible says that. Not because of your effort or your goodness, but because Christ himself wants to outwork in you and then through you to make you holy, even as he is holy. So I would hope every single one of us would go, yeah, I can actually be holy like God. But will we ever be as holy as God? Well, no. He's this presence that we can't even look at. He's this otherness, this bigness, this powerfulness. And so in a similar way... We can get adopted into God's family as his sons and daughters, share the fullness of his inheritance and of his presence, but we can never be the firstborn perfect Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? God shares himself with us and says, come and be like my son. Come and be filled with my very spirit. Come and be revealed the plans that I've had for you from the beginning. Come and see the mystery of how I'm saving the world and rescuing people and going out on a mission but we'll never be the ones who sit outside of time and sustain the world and hold the universe in our hands, right? God is omnipowerful. He's all-powerful. We get to enjoy His power on earth when we pray for people and discern and see things, but we will never be powerful like God, yet we get to be as powerful as Jesus was. Is it getting confusing yet? A little bit, hey. There's the conundrum of our enjoyment in God. As you lean into him, you realize there's so much undiscovered stuff in our authority and in our identity and in our community and in our love that we get to receive. I actually get to be not just forgiven by God, but I get to be a minister of reconciliation to the world on behalf of Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that enjoyable? Can I ever be the one who bears the weight of the world's sin and unforgiveness on my shoulders? Of course not. So as I lean more and more into who Jesus has made me to be, I realize more and more how incredible the love of God and the grace of God and the power of Jesus made manifest and the beautifulness of the Holy Spirit. And on this side, what I'm filled with is worship and enjoyable awe and enjoyable reverence and humility because, wow, God, you are incredible. But on this side, I'm full of confidence and I'm full of identity, and I'm full of purpose, and I'm full of my my wonderful authority on earth to go and pray for the sick and lead people to Jesus and command miracles like Jesus did, not because I deserved it, because he said, this is who you are designed to be. I had plans for you before I created the world. I had focused in on you as the affection of my love and my purpose before you had even lived the day of your life. So come and enjoy everything that I have to share with you, And come and enjoy everything that is wonderful and marvelous about me. Isn't that beautiful? God is enjoyable. And if we grow in our worship and safety and humility and awe and reverence and enjoy more of the sovereignty of God. And more of the all-knowingness of God. And more of the self-sustaining nature of God. As you watch the world get shaken up. What I hope it does in you is two things. God, you are unshakable and unchanging and completely in control and good, and I worship you and enjoy getting to do that. But more than that, man, God, the church you said is unshakable, and the kingdom that I live in is unshakable, and maybe you're even wanting to invite me to have an unshakable spirit so that when I read those headlines and when I'm on that neighborhood WhatsApp group, they might feel shaken, but I feel stronger and standing. That's enjoyable. That's joy through every circumstance, through pain and loss and heartbreak, through trial and tribulation. We get to enjoy God because we've been invited to be like him and because he is so much bigger and more magnificent than we could ever believe. More enjoyment of worship, more enjoyment of safety, more humility that's enjoyable. God, you're not like me. You're so different. You're so holy, but more identity. God, you've made me holy like your son. God, you've given me authority and power like your son confidence at the same time as humility, power and fruit at the same time as worship. We get to enjoy God more. And I want to wrap up this morning before we sing again with a couple of ways that I believe we can do this. How do we actually enjoy God more? How do we double-click on these things that are more enjoyable, new things that maybe I've never discovered before? And there's two simple answers. The first one is we get invited to ongoing revelation. The word velate simply means to have a veil over your face in a certain situation. You know, when you walk outside and you've got a veil on, you can kind of see and you can kind of understand. But to have the veil lifted, to have a revelation is to see clearly, is to understand clearly, and is to behold beauty and enjoy things on a level you've never enjoyed them before. And as I hinted at earlier, man, I think a bunch of us cap our revelation. I think a bunch of us go, yeah, no, I heard that. What's the thing? What's the next thing? And what we don't always do is realize that we could mine the depths of this simple stuff like salvation and like infilling of the Holy Spirit and like the wonder of community and grace. We could drill down into that for the rest of our lives and still be discovering incredible revelation about the goodness and kindness of God. It's never meant to get old. But you want to know the other way that you enjoy this more is if our oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine are designed to be connected to others. Man, oh man, if you ever get to play a small part in somebody else being led to Jesus, if you ever get to play a small part in a lonely person finding community, if you ever get to lay hands on someone and see the wonder of God heal them, your faith changes leaps, right? Your salvation leaps. You get taken back to the day and the joy of your salvation by watching it in somebody else. So every time we sing the lyrics, these bones will sing again. You know who I think of? So Wendy Rennick, who the first day her and Dave came to church with bone cancer riddling her body, sang those songs and God said to her, I'm going to heal you. I can't sing that song now without thinking about Wendy and her healing journey. Isn't that beautiful? It was good lyrics anyway, right? It was enjoyable to sing, these bones will live again, great are you, Lord. But now I'm singing it for me and my salvation and healing, and I'm singing it for Wendy and her salvation as well. You just got to keep plugging into community and keep seeing what God is doing in in you and through you, and you get to enjoy God more. The things that you've known about and experienced for years, you get to Enjoy them more. How do we enjoy more of God and the new things? Man, if you don't dive into scripture, if you don't lean into community, if you don't stretch your brain and your heart and your will, you may go the rest of your life not tapping into all these magnificent things that he has for you to share in and all these incredible bits of doxology and otherness that we actually get to enjoy. And we are running out of time now, but I would encourage you when you get home today after communion to go back and read Ephesians 1 through this lens. God, what are you showing me? about what I already have in you and what are you showing me about your holiness and your brilliance because it will absolutely blow your mind. But band, come up and lead us in one more song of praise. Here's what we're gonna do. In a minute, we're gonna sing and we're gonna go, God, I wanna know more of you and I wanna experience more of you and I wanna enjoy more of you. Would you show me something new today? Maybe it's the very first thing you learn about Jesus this morning, but maybe it's the 10,000th thing. Either way, isn't it beautiful when you get to enjoy something of the presence and revelation of God? Then what we're going to do is we're going to actually take communion afterwards, but communion with a difference. Because we're going to invite each of you to stick around, to head outside there and to grab a croissant that Elsa B's made, and to grab either a glass of wine or a glass of grape juice, depending on what you enjoy, and celebrate together the fact that we get to enjoy God. Because when you take communion, you're supposed to remember who Jesus is and what he did, right? And so most of the time, if I'm honest, when we take communion, it's the awkward little cup that's quite hard to open and it's a little bit somber and we're often remembering things like our forgiveness and remembering our sin that we bring to him and that's good. We'll keep doing that. But today, we want to celebrate and remember and toast to our Jesus who has rescued and adopted and loved and created and spoken to us and made us part of his plan. And we don't just want to do it with crackers and ugly juice. We want to give you something wonderful to eat and drink and just manufacture some of that lovely stuff in your gut and in your brain this morning. Is that okay? Is that all right? Okay, let's stand together and let's sing nice and loud and let's praise our God this morning. God, we enjoy you so much, God. We enjoy the fact that you saved us. We enjoy the fact that you adopted us and call us your kids. We enjoy the fact that we get the Holy Spirit as a deposit of things you still want to keep doing. It's the first down payment of a lifelong inheritance of the Spirit speaking to us and God loving us and ministering to us. God, we want to enjoy more of you and enjoy you more. And God, please would you mark our year through revelation of discovering who you are and unveiling ourselves. But God, help us to enjoy you through community, Lord. Help us to enjoy you through our prayers for others and our witness and our mission and our purpose on earth. Because God, we don't want to cap what it is that you have for us. We want to enjoy every bit of you that's available to us this year. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.